The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. Uh, I apologize for not having a show last week, but I had some issues. Actually, I was in an automobile accident, but uh, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Uh, Ended up with a new car out of it, though, so that's the good news. But anyway, I I had an interesting call the other day, and I thought this would be a really good topic for this show. And this is a situation I've run into many, many times in a court of law as an expert, and and as a stone and tile expert. And the issue that came up with this, this particular one attorney was bond versus coverage. And the reason it came up is because there was another expert and I love other experts who, and I don't want to get off of my high horse here, but I love other experts who claim they are stone and tile experts, but they're not, they're, you know, structural engineers or construction uh, experts or whatever. And, you know, our, as you guys know, our particular field is very, very specific. So anyway, this is what happened. Uh, the other expert got up on a stand and this was an issue with a, a failure on a tile floor. And he started talking about coverage. You know, he mentioned the ANSI requirements. He mentioned the all, all the manuals out there. Uh, he mentioned the, the Natural Stone Institute, the uh, National Tile Contractors Association, all, all that stuff talking about coverage. And he made it sound, and he was partially right when it came to coverage. And then it was my turn to get up on the, on the stand. And when I got up on the stand, the issue came up with, uh, well, just because, I'm trying to remember exactly what the question was, but the question was something similar to does coverage mean if there's inadequate coverage, does that mean the installation will fail? And more importantly, what was happening in this particular case, tiles were, were popping up. Uh, does this mean the tiles will become loose? So it kind of brought up an interesting topic in that does coverage mean there's a good bond and vice versa? So I got thinking about that, and actually I, I wrote an interesting uh, article that that is yet to be published that uh, that we're going to discuss, and I'm going to have a guest come in here in a minute. It's going to help me to uh, discuss this, but basically my my quick dirty down opinion is this: coverage doesn't necessarily mean you have a good bond. And, l- and let me give you an example I use all the time. Let's take a sand bed installation, a paver installation, say around a pool pool deck. Well, you can have a paver installed on a sand bed. You guys that have done this installation know how that's done. And uh, you can have 100% coverage on there and absolutely no bond. Another issue would be a resin back material. And I see this all the time in the failure uh, cases that I have where someone chooses the improper setting mortar and they try to install a resin back stone or or tile for for that matter. And uh, they get that 100% coverage 
but there's absolutely no bond whatsoever. So my argument is is going to be, does coverage necessarily mean no bond and, and vice versa? So I'm going to bring a guest in here, and I'm going to let uh, get Scott in here, let him introduce yourself, because we had an interesting conversation uh, before the show here. And let me see if Scott's on the line. Scott, are you there? Fred, I am here. All right, Scott. I want you to introduce yourself to the group here and uh, tell them your your name, who you are, and uh, we'll we'll get into what we talked about earlier. Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. I think this is a really interesting topic, one that I have with certified tile installer testing all the time. But my name is Scott Carruthers. I'm the director of certification and training for the Ceramic Tile Education Foundation, headquartered in Pendleton, South Carolina and now firmly attached to that location because we're not traveling and we're not testing at this point. But uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Fred. Thank you. Well, thank you, Scott. I know earlier when we were talking on the phone, you obviously had seen my email that I was going to cover this this topic. Uh, and I'm glad you're here because this is going to be a short show. Now it might not be so short. <laughs> it's on our conversation. But uh, you told me something interesting about the uh, Tile Association and, well, not necessarily Tile Association, but ANSI in particular, that you're actually looking at this topic. So why, why don't you uh, tell the group what, what you told me earlier? Well, it is an interesting topic because it it is so nebulous, and in the conversations with uh, ANSI, we are looking at changing the term back butter, and uh, many people have different ideas like what back butter is. It's sort of like what is medium bed or what is an uncoupling membrane. None of those items have ever been defined. Sure, those True. products exist. They have been made by manufacturers, and they are on the market, and they function well. But they do not exist in the specification world of ANSI or ASTM because they've never been defined. So uh, we're working on uh, documents that will actually put definitions in the standard so that when we're talking, is it a mud bed, is it a thick bed, is it a mortar bed, uh, things like that are just all over the map, so we're trying to get this down and focused so that we have a, a real definitive answer as to what is this. Absolutely, and you know, one of the things we talked about, and I want you to, to talk about this a little bit as well, is uh, we talked about all these guys out there that are saying, well, you know, I back butter all my all my tiles, so I do have that coverage. I do have, you know, bonding. Uh, what's your comments there? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I, you're setting them up for a trap here. Uh, I, I'm going. I know. Both eyes open. I'm good. I'm good. In in the teaching process that I have at CTEF in Pendleton, South Carolina, and seminars that I do across the country, as well as the CTI testing program. Uh, for those listeners that may not know, that's the Certified Tile Installer Testing Program that we developed about 12 years ago. Many installers come to whatever that venue might be and say, I get coverage because I back buttered or what we're now terming back troweled or back coating the tile. And what that does effectively do and very well is it increases bond strength because you're actually keying the mortar into the back of the tile, whether it be a porcelain or a ceramic product, and you get a good mechanical bond with it because of that keying action. When you set tile and don't back butter, can you get proper coverage and proper bond? And the answer is yes, you can with yep. some 
parameters followed well and, and making sure that you uh, follow the, the details of the uh, trial and error video where we're keying the mortar in. I mean, I could go back. Let me back up. Clean the substrate, key the mortar in with the flat side of the trowel, notch it in one direction, put the tile in place, push, pull, push, and if you've got the right consistency of mortar, water content in your, in your mix per the manufacturer's requirement, and pop that tile, you can have both coverage and bond, but that doesn't always come into play. So many installers say, well, if you don't back butter, you're not going to get the coverage. And I see that on Facebook a lot, and that really is a, is a misstatement. Uh, and I've proven it to some that have said, they, they've called me out and said, okay, let's, let's look at this together. So what I have done is created a, a, a demonstration where I mixed two tin sets, one white, one gray, and we are going to key in the gray to the substrate. We're going to notch it in a straight line, and then we're going to back coat the tile in white. Then we put the tile down, and I many times will encourage the installer who has raised the question, go ahead and set that tile for me. And we get all over the map of, you know, is it the two-tap margin trial method? Is it the bump with the heel <laughs> of the hand, the twist and shout, uh, right. or the, the appropriate push-pull-push? Uh, push. Right. And it, then, we, then we pop the tile, and if they've done anything except for the push-pull-push, those two don't marry. You can see distinctive lining between, I call it the cornrows, between the notches of gray on the back of the tile that's white. And they don't, they don't combine because you haven't physically moved the tile to be able to incorporate the two coming together. And they look at it and say, well, yeah, we've got coverage. I said, you're missing the point. Coverage is not what's on the back of the tile that right. you've placed there. The two of them have to marry. And the worst case scenario is the, is the job like uh, where it was here in South Carolina. It was in the mid-80s. It was super humid and windy. And you're on a job site with the doors open and that skin's over. And you, yep. you back trial your tile and you've got your mind and that installer's mind is I've got coverage. But whenever Fred shows up because there's hollow sounding <laughs> tile, and he pops them up, there's no physical bond between what's on the back of the tile and what was laid on the substrate. And then you get that hands up in the air like, what happened? <laughs> well, it's exactly what I just explained. So yep. uh, I've been called on the carpet more than a few times on this one. So when this came up, that that's, you just piqued my curiosity. So that's yep. why I'm here. You know, and, that, and that's, you know, what you said, I, I agree with 100%, you know, and I'll, I'll add to that, and that's assuming they're using the proper mortar. I don't know if you heard what I said in the beginning about resin back materials, you know, that, that won't Absolutely. bond to, stand, to standard mortar. And I, I see that, God, Scott, I see that so much lately, uh, you know, where no, I, I, I use the best thin, thin set there was out there, and you go in there, and they might have the great coverage on there. You know, all, all the ridges are, are closed, whatever, but the tiles aren't bonding because it's a resin back material and you use the wrong darn mortar on it. You know, <laughs> I always sure. laugh and I, you know, I want to say, read the directions, <laughs> you know, re, re, well, read those, and, those little thing called limitations, you know. <laughs> true. But in defense of the installers, 
many times when they get a, and it's mostly stone, but yes, there are some resin back things otherwise, but mostly stone, could be glass, but right. uh, especially mosaics, and mosaics and stone products that have a resin back. So if there's a resinous back, it's, uh, it's a piece of cream of marfil, and it's, uh, it's very fragile, and if you don't back coat it with that resinous material and fiberglass and whatever else they use, right. it's going to be in multiple pieces in the box. But normally there's no instructions to the installer that, and this is an unfortunate term, really don't know any better, that that resinous material is going to most times, depending on the base of it, require an epoxy set. Yep. Because the epoxy is all that's going to bond to that because, as you said, you can take the A1 18.15 mortar, your high-performance mortar, and it'll do a great job, but they will separate because you can't get a mechanical bond to that resinous material because it's almost, I hate to use the word plastic-like, but it is right. in oh, a way. It's, that's a good analogy, though. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I did a, I think a show a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago on how, how actual uh, mortars actually bond and how they require uh, moisture between, you know, ex- moisture exchange, I should say, between the two surfaces, you know, the setting material as well as a tile. If you don't have that, and like what we're talking about here, the resin back materials, it's not going to bond unless you use a chemical bond, which is going to be an epoxy. And, uh, you know, like you said, unfortunately, a lot of installers are, are unaware of that. And uh, uh, hopefully that's changing. Hopefully shows like this and people like you that are out there doing this, you know, education are, are, are going to educate more and more installers on how to do things properly. And, and unfortunately put me out of business looking at failures. Although I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think I've got job security for a while here, unfortunately. Fortunately for me, unfortunately for others, I guess. Uh, True. But it's, it's, it's definitely a learning experience. Let me give the phone number out here in case anybody's listening live. Of course, this is also a podcast. So, uh, But if you want to call in and ask Scott a question or me, uh, the number here is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. We'll see if we have any live callers. Like I, I told you before in an earlier conversation, we have a lot of people listen to this as a podcast. as not necessarily a live caller, but but we'll see. Um, I'd be interested to see what other installers uh, or our ex- other experts out there have to say about this topic. But I'm, I'm glad to see that that uh, ANSI group is is addressing this because it's one of my many pet peeves <laughs> is, is is terminology. And, uh, you know, I, I think we I, I told you before when we were talking, you know, that you had mentioned, you know, thick bed, thin bed mud bed, whatever, as I had a case one time where the whole case was based on the word, what, what is a mud bed? <laughs> and, and we couldn't find anything in the literature that defined what a mud bed was. Everyone knows what it is, but we couldn't define what it is. So mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure you've seen that in a lot of your, your situations as well. Sure. And, and in defense of uh, the ANSI specifications, uh, I've been on that committee, oh boy, since 19... 19- 85, 86, I guess. Uh, and I've seen the progression of, if you, you remember back, Fred, whenever it was the gray book and had the AN oh, numbers God, yes. in them. And yep. <laughs> if, if, you, if you wanted a roadmap for frustration, that was it. Uh, I think I saw a copy got, of that somewhere. <laughs> I do as well. But it was, it was very difficult to navigate. And 
uh, a committee at that time came about and revised it uh, and, and really did a great job. And the, and the beauty of that book is, and it was not my idea, but I think is brilliant, is in the, in the ANSI book, you actually have the numbers down in the gutter, meaning that the place where the, where the book is bound and on the bottom of the page, it'll give you uh, A108.01. And that'll tell you what section you're in, or you're in 118.4 for a, a, a modified dry set mortar. Uh, it's just it's just a great opportunity to, to navigate that book. But back to what you brought up is we've never had those definitions. I've had the conversation with installers that they're talking about a medium bed method. Well, if you read the front of the handbook where it has the medium bed section you will find very clearly that there has never been a medium bed method right. ever. Right. And many architects, well, I shouldn't say many, some architects have called it out and said using this installation would, would follow the medium bed method. Well, the installer looks and says, is there one? And the answer is, <laughs> right. no, there isn't. Now, right. the mortar manufacturers <laughs> filled a need because, and, and the name is, 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 really brilliant because we had thick bed, if that's what we call it. We had thin bed, conventional thin set mortar on substrate, and we needed something in between for the large and heavy tile, which is now the name that that product bears, because large tile are heavy, they sink, so we needed a different gradation of sand to make that appropriately hold that tile, and the large ones, I mean, I, I grew up in the four and a quarter and eight by eight days. And the eight by eight till the, let's see, 2010, eight by eight was considered a large format tile. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so when the tiles got larger and heavier, we needed a different material to support them so that they didn't sink. A, a classic example is Indian slate. It may be three-eighths of an inch on one side or even up to a half inch on yeah. one side and maybe three-sixteenths on the other side of that yeah. 12 by 12. Well, you've got to hold the one side up, push the other side down. Well, conventional dry-set mortar isn't going to uh, take that. So, hence, that was the birth of medium beds. But when everybody abused that term, the committee was formed, and it's not through yet, but that committee was tasked with coming up with what the product is. And once that's established, then there will be a method developed as uh, in a similar fashion to gauge porcelain tile panels. Uh, several manufacturers got together and spearheaded the testing, the documentation and writing the actual standard for the product. Once that was written, then the, 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 method for installation was drafted and both of them were passed and it's probably one of the fastest ones ever done in the history of ANSI and they are now combined into one document which is A137.3 which is the manufacturing side and the uh, 108.19 which is the installation method for gauge porcelain tile panels so it's defined and that's, that's the difficulty that we're in and that's what we're trying to well we're not trying to, we're going to do it uh, I already drafted mine, and there's several other people on the committee that have drafted theirs as well to create a glossary of terms. Not sure where we're going to place it yet, but it'll actually be a part of the ANSI standard so that 
when Fred goes to court, he can say it's a thick bed, mud set, whatever we, whatever term we, we call come up it. with that we we have a, a commonality. So there won't be that ambiguity that we have in there now. That's the real problem. Yeah, and it is a real problem because you know, like as I said in the beginning here, uh, you get into a court of law. You know, the attorneys and the courts they want to see. Yeah, they they want to see something in writing, and I don't mean just an article. They want to see something from an authoritative, you know, organization. And uh, and and as an expert, you know, my opinion is one thing, but you know, opinions are like you know what they're like. Uh, sure. What, you know who who is this guy? But if I can back up my opinion, you know, and if you're an installer, you should be thinking that as well too. You know, I did everything correctly, and you know, how do I know that? Well, I can go to the manuals. I can go to ANSI, and I could. This is exactly the way I did it. So. You need to have that backup. And, you know, and as things change, as we get new materials, you know, you'd mentioned the large gauge porcelain materials, which I have yet to find one that, that, that was installed properly yet, but that's just me. They don't call me to look at the good stuff. They call me to look at the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not yeah. laughing at that situation because it's happening way too often. Oh, um, unbelievable. And this, this pandemic has created issues where, um, NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association, has, and I am a part of that program as well, uh, with the regional training program. Uh, Mark Heinlein spearheaded that program and has done a great job with it to take that training to a limited number of installer members uh, to a location so they don't have to drive to any other location. We've got that in large towns all across the United States to bring people in. Usually a group of 20 is ideal, break them into teams and actually walk them through the ANSI standards of 137.3 and 108.19 and other requirements of thinset mortars and then walk them through, here's the product, here's the tools, here's how you handle it, here's how you cut it, here's how you place it. So it, it's, it's actual hands-on. It's not a matter of a textbook and we stamp you on the forehead with the word certified. It's an actual hands-on program that all 20 participants, and we rotate it. So everybody gets to do every aspect of that installation. And at the end of it, they get uh, a certificate of attendance. Now, beyond that, uh, I'm also a part of the ACT. That was a collaboration between the IUBAC and that's the Brick and Allied Craft Workers Union and CTEF, along with a lot of other groups. And we developed the ACT program, and we actually have a test that's up and running after we get the COVID-19 flushed out. Yeah, um, really. Where we, have, we actually have a testing program that will certify the installer, not the helper, but the installer on the installation of Gage Porcelain Tile Panel. And that's what and architects are dying for because except for some manufacturers that have done training programs within their own facilities or, or right. have taken it on the road, there's, and, and some of the mortar manufacturers have done a great job as well, but beyond them, there isn't anything. So we've no. got to get people trained because we're not talking about tile that's 69 cents or even 569 <laughs> It's, it's significantly more than that. So we're talking about panels that you need to know because with, with the gauge porcelain tile panel, uh, largest one that I'm familiar with that we have demonstrated is, uh, I always have to think, 63 inches by 126. 
So yep. it's five foot three by ten foot six, one piece, and it's six millimeters. So it's amazing. You mess, amazing. You, you mess that piece up, you better have a very heavy wallet because <laughs> they are not inexpensive to replace. And then you've got downtime getting the product in place if you don't have enough. And it's funny you should mention that size because I just looked at a, a, a large home in uh, Virginia Beach not too long ago that had an issue with those. They installed it on the wrong substrate, a whole list of things. But the main failure, and I'm switching subjects and I don't mean to because I want to kind of stay on this, uh, the whole thing was installed without any expansion, without any expansion, any <sighs> no perimeter joints. And you can imagine every single tile in this house cracked, every single one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the poor homeowner scratching his head, going, "What happened here? I thought I hired someone that knew what he was doing, but you yeah. know, I, back to base." I have stories back to go with it too, but we'll yeah. we'll not digress yeah. down that trail. Yeah. Yes, you're right. right. Let's kind of go on to a, a similar subject, but but kind of has to do with co- well, it does have to do with coverage or can do with coverage, and that is something you and I also talked about, and that is hollow tiles and. Let me start out with a little story that I I, I, ta- I just got a case a couple of days ago where uh, the attorney hired me and the general contractor is all concerned because all these tiles are hollow. And, of course, I didn't go out and inspect it yet, so I can't give you all the details. But, you know, some of my preliminary questions were, well, uh, are are there any cracks? Are there, you know, what's the tile? Oh, the tile looks great. Oh, okay. Well, I'm thinking, well, it's probably brand new. Hasn't had a chance to crack yet. Oh no, it's ten years old. And I said, okay, I got to look at it. <laughs> I got to look at it. But what it, what it reminds me of is that you know people go around, they tap on tile constantly. I mean, hell, I do it as an inspector. But it, you know, it takes a trained ear to determine whether you're dealing with lack of coverage under that tile, lack of bond. Uh, is there a sounding membrane there? Uh, are you dealing with different acoustics, low ceilings, high ceilings? Uh, if you're dealing with some stone, especially some thick stone, you end up with uh, hollow sounds within the stone itself. So you've got a lot of different things that can cause hollow tiles. And from a, a legal perspective and an expert's perspective, I always say if I have hollow tile, the only way, except for one little thing I developed here recently, that I can tell uh, what's going on here is to do a destructive test, actually tear a tile out and see what's going on under, underneath. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Absolutely right. Uh, there, the, the ones you outlined and another one that I have seen is the many of the manufacturers are now making foam trays for their shower systems. Oh, that's right. And yes. when, the, when the tile's mounted on that and somebody drops a quarter in this, well, tile's not, not solidly bonded. Well, sure it is. You're going to destroy the unit the whole assembly because it is well bonded. So your destructive test has just kicked everything, the, the, right. the, the pan, the waterproofing, and the tile. And, and now you're stuck with a situation where, oh, I guess it wasn't hollow. Or I guess it, it was another phenomenon. And now right. you're stuck with, now how do you fix that? How do you put that one piece exactly. of tile? I don't care what piece or what size it is, but how do you fix that? How do you waterproof it? Because now you have to take four more pieces out to be able to, and how do you get them apart so that you can get to the membrane and, and tie it back together? So And, and that, uh, that also applies to flooring where you have radiant heat. <laughs> you know, especially with some of these new much, electron, yep. electric yes. heats, you know. Yep. How, yep. Do you, you are how, right. do you re- how do you destroy a tile without uh, compromising 
compromising that as well. So it gets it gets very tricky. You know, one of the things I'm asked all the time by by attorneys is, uh, well, the sounding test that you do, uh, is there a an ANSI or an ASTM test for that? And my answer to that has always been not specifically for uh, for tile, but there there actually is an ASTM test. I don't know if you're aware of that for yep, concrete decks. It's called a change rag test, and I can't remember what the ASTM designation is at this time. But uh, it's an actual change rag test. And uh, do you think ANSI will ever will ever um, address that? That would be a good Although one we, to bring up, and, and it yeah. never becomes an issue, Fred, until somebody has a need. An issue. <laughs> yep. Well, I can but tell it, you, I, I, a, have a, a, I have a need. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I seriously do. I mean, if you know, it becomes real difficult as, as an expert to kind of defend something where there is nothing out there to back it up. And that's why I have to, re, you know, relate to other industries sometimes as well. But, and of course, you got your experience, too. I mean, you know, one thing I've learned over the years as far as experts go, you know, they're hiring you because of your years experience in this. So you, you do have some pull. But you know, who am I? You know, I'm one person. You know, you're one you're, person. You're, so. you're a nice guy with an opinion. Exactly. And exactly. you've got to have some way to substantiate that opinion. And exactly. uh, many times the destructive test is the only way to pull it. I mean, that's the last thing I want to do. Oh, absolutely. But sometimes there is there is no, no other alternative. And the sad part is, and you already named many of them, the, uh, and I'm going to get it in because it's your – your state's favorite method of bonding is spot bonding. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> and spot bonding to me, I, I never, I never really knew what spot bonding was. I guess I grew up in set tile in central Pennsylvania, and we just didn't see it. I mean, it was nothing. Right. I, I taught my guys how to key in, spread, and this before the days of trial and error video in my earlier days, uh, and we just. And we did back trial the tile. That's just one thing I taught my guys. And yep. uh, that was just a, an added insurance, not getting coverage, but getting bond strength. And it's just the way we always did them. And I really didn't know much about spot bonding until I came to CTF, believe it or not, in 2007. I see all these horror stories. You do what? What's well, in oh, the yeah. book? Yeah. What you, well, no, I, it's... Hold on. It's in the book. What do you mean it's in the book? Yeah, spot bonding is in the book. I said, well, if you're referring to the method that's very specific to the type of epoxy that is for interior dry stone only, walls. And they say, well, no, no, you, you can spot bond them all. I said, well, okay, you go find it, and when you do, come on back and, and tell me. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because I have similar similar experiences you i grew up in new jersey my dad was a setter and uh i never knew what spot bonding was till i came to florida as well because we didn't do things i mean hell we used to screed our tile I mean, it was back in the days when we set stone that wasn't calibrated you know it was all different thicknesses now i'm aging myself i guess huh <laughs> you had to you had to and you know we had to screed everything so we automatically if you want to use the word back butter, uh, just, you know, as part of uh, making an, a flat installation. So it's interesting. 
So, Scott, uh, God, we could talk about this subject and other subjects all day long. It's it's great. We're going to have to have you back on again to, to, to tackle some of these other things like perimeter joints, et cetera. But do you have any last uh, words of wisdom or last comments, even if it's not wisdom? <laughs> well, you really don't want to open that box, Fred, but I have it so In the seminars I've done and the training programs I've done, my desire is to help install or do a better job because unfortunately what I have found in the last 12 years at CTEF is, and I'm going to get whacked for this one, but, and I've used it a lot, is many installers don't know what they don't know. Yep. And ignorance may be bliss, but that doesn't help you whenever you get in trouble. I tell people all in many of my classes, I tell the stories of failures I had. I thought I was doing it the right way. Um, in 1983, I had a failure that was $11,200. It just about killed me. Wow. But the home, it's, it's, it's the only house I has, have ever been thrown out of by the lady of the house. Wow. Um, she was very unhappy. It was a brand-new home, and we had issues, and I thought I followed the guidelines, and we had 4 by 8 reflective cracking through every piece of tile that mm. was on top of a plywood joint. We did our homework and came back, and we had to completely gut it. It was brand new, ready to move in, and it's a long story with a lot of money, but we tore it apart. We got it put back together. We solved the problem through the help of a very good friend of mine before he passed was uh, Bob Young, who oh, was very Bob well known yep. in the industry. Yep. yep. And we was, became yeah. very good friends after that, uh, and he was very helpful to get that solved. And... Uh, People would go to the lady of the house afterwards and said, didn't they? Didn't you have a problem with your brand-new tile? And what happened? Well, they came in without any threat of a, a lawsuit. They tore the thing out, did their homework, got it fixed, put it back, and we're as happy as could be. She was my best billboard. So I, I'm, I don't want to be the – I'm not the guru of the industry. I never want to be that. All I want to do is help people not make the mistakes I made and not make the mistakes I see because I am also 25% of the NTCA technical hotline answering questions for people that have hopefully proactive questions rather than reactive questions after it's a problem right. uh, just to get them up to speed. And I'm not, I'm no smarter than anybody else. I just have always followed the wisdom of my dad. And my dad said, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly. Absolutely. And that's great <laughs> that's advice. always stuck with me. Just, just, we want to spread the word about good installations, and we have to help the people that are on the other side doing poor installations. And many people say, well, every, before the pandemic hit, we had many people that were working 70, 80, 90 hours a week just to keep up. And, I said, you know, the real problem is the bad guys are equally as busy. Yep. Because the good guys aren't, there aren't enough of us to go around to do that work high quality to get that qualified labor label that's in the TCNA handbook. And there's just too many people out there doing it the wrong way. And I, I call that welcome to Florida. Although <laughs> I guess it's just not here. <laughs> Uh, it's everywhere. It's I've here. been all over the country, Fred, and I've seen it yeah. in places. And 
I'll, I'll do a seminar the opposite side of the country and say, y'all do spot bonding here? Oh, yeah, yeah, the so-and-so yeah. down the street does it all the time, and we have to go fix his work. And I said, well, I'm going to give you one word of wisdom. You need to get out of the go-fix-somebody-else's-problem syndrome because they That's will right. come back to haunt you. Oh, yeah. My, my statement was after I got burned in my own retail location that we installed was we're not doing any more tear-out – or I'm sorry, we're not going to do any more repair work, especially in showers. Because I was never given a crystal ball, and I have no idea what the guy did, or more importantly, what he did not do in that shower system. Right. So, and that's just, and these shower systems be are becoming, yeah, and these shower systems are becoming more and more complicated. But we won't talk about that. Uh, not tonight. But not anyway. All right, Scott, do you want to give out any uh, any uh, of your contact information for those looking for training once this pandemic's over? Sure. Uh, we, in fact, I was reviewing that. I was reviewing that with our administrative assistant this afternoon to try to get us back on schedule. Uh, our website is www.ceramictilefoundation.org, and Ceramic Tile Foundation is all one word. Uh, through the mystery or, or the wonder of Google, you can actually Google the initials CTEF, Ceramic Tile Education Foundation, and normally we come up as the first hit. So. Please visit our website. We have a fabulous homeowner section. Uh, we're working on a specifier section so that we can get that information out to the right people. Uh, our calendar is there, although it's blank at this point. We're just trying to get back on the map with, as everyone else is, uh, right. the, the back to whatever the new normal is. Well, I appreciate your input, Scott. And again, we're going to have to set up another interview because this is some great information. I think it's a topic that, that needs to go out there and, and, and be discussed. So again, thank you very much. And uh, I'll let you get back to what you were doing before, but I appreciate you coming on at such short notice. My pleasure, Fred. And uh, I'll extend it to the, as my schedule allows, anytime I can do so, I'll be glad to do it. Great. Thank you, Scott. Have a good day, buddy. You as well. Thank you, Fred. Alrighty, folks, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a short break here, and uh, I'll be right back for some quick uh, comments uh, right after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate product. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F SkinProtection.com to learn more. All righty, folks, we're back. And again, I want to thank Scott for uh, coming in here at the last minute. He had just called me this afternoon and I said, boy, it'd be great to get you online. So I know we had something else to do. So I, I, again, Scott, if you're still listening, I, I appreciate that very much. Uh, I'm going to give out my contact information and then we'll uh, see everybody next week. Again, if anybody has an email, uh, wants to be interviewed on the show, has any questions, you can reach me at my email, which is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. 
My website is stoneforensics.com. Uh, you can see everything, all the good, interesting stuff I do there as well. I also have a Facebook page. Just search for uh, Stone Forensics and you'll find it. So uh, uh, again, folks, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net.